Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. The title of this series, we are revisiting the ancient classics again. We're putting a new spin on it. You know, February since, I don't know how long, since 2012 maybe, we've done the classics. Well, now we've entitled it More Than a Story. Today's subtitle is Surviving a Dangerous Place or Just a Dangerous Place. How many of you know in life we get to some dangerous places, don't we? You say, man, does that mean just, just Pastor Matt, do you just mean like dangerous, like a car wreck or just... Uh, some kind of physical danger. No, I mean, sometimes we get to a dark and dangerous place and God's got to bring us through there. So today I'm going to read you the story of Daniel in the lion's den. I don't recall ever preaching on Daniel in the lion's den. There's quite a few verses here, so just please listen carefully. I'm going to do my best to be disciplined and not stop. I'm going to just read through it, okay? So let's go to Daniel chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. And you got to remember this about Daniel. He was taken away from Israel. He was carried captive with others, carried captive to Babylon. And he'd been there for some years, and he served as a leader under different kings. And now he is under Darius the Mede. Okay? He's the, he's the leader of the, the Medo-Persian Empire that had just conquered Babylon. And somehow, God still has Daniel serving, and he's a servant leader. He's a powerful man of God. He's a prophet, but he's also a great leader in the government. Okay, so let's read through this this morning. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. He appointed a high officer to rule over each province. Now the king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon became, or he proved himself, more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Verse 4. This is really a miraculous story. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. They were jealous of him. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Hmm. That's pretty amazing. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Verse 5. So they concluded, Our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. I believe one of the older translations says, with the laws of his God. That's all we're going to, we can't get him on anything. We're going to have to do something that has to do with his relationship with God. This guy was doing everything right. Verse 6. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live King Darius. We were all in agreement. I guess everybody except for Daniel, right? We're all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. <laughs> what a strange law. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law, I assume, without thinking. I don't know. Next verse. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual 
in his what? Upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. He did what he always did. Verse 11, then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not, look how deceptive, did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked or changed. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still praised his God three times a day. Oh, wow. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way, worrying, I'm sure, to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, aren't they like demons? Look at them. They keep going to the king. You said, you said. They said, now, look look at what they said now. Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. He had to. He'd signed it into law. It could not be changed. The king said to him, may your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. The king knew he messed up. May the God that I see... The king knew that Daniel served his God. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. Let's go on to the next one. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. There's no getting out of it. The king sealed the stone with his own what? With his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. He's been placed in the den of lions. No one can rescue Daniel. Next verse. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you served so faithfully, was he able to rescue you from the lion's? Daniel, in the spirit of honor, he said, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me. For I've been found innocent in his sight. And look at how he honors the king. He didn't get in there and start cursing the king in his heart. He says, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and he ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Now this story gets tough here, so hang in there with me. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders. This is old school, it's harsh, and it's the way law was carried out back then. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He knew they had a plan. He saw them. Oh, king, you know you said this. You did this. Come on, you got to... He had them thrown into the lion's den. Crazy story. This is how they did it, along with their wives and children. Now, this is tough. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. Well, they were hungry. They didn't get to eat Daniel. <laughs> then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world or his empire. Peace and prosperity to you. 
I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. The God of Daniel. That is your God. He's always been a personal God, isn't he? He's a personal God. Throughout the Bible, he is your God. Between them and their God, the Lord your God. For he is the living God, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. Wow. He rescues and saves his people. Someone say, he rescues and saves me. Mm -hmm. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. I don't know exactly who this is for this morning, but I feel like I have more understanding of it again. And I didn't ask the Lord for this. But I feel like, I did not ask him for this, but I feel like I understand that dark place again more than ever. I felt it again yesterday and this morning. And some of you, though, have been stuck in a dark place. You say, man, I've served God. And I still, I still feel like I, was, I had to be in the lion's den. I still feel like it was, I was in a dark and dangerous place. I didn't want to be there. I wouldn't have chosen to be there. But man, here, there I was. And you say, man, I was in disobedience and I had to go to that dark and dangerous place. Or you may say, man, I was seeking God. I thought I was doing everything right. And I still had to go, right? Because there's two times in life when you go through stuff. And that's when you're obeying God. And that's when you're disobeying God. You still have to go through stuff. But how many of you know I would rather go through stuff with God? Then my own disobedience putting me into problem after problem and trouble and dire situation one after the next. No, Scripture says many are the afflictions of the righteous. You say, man, I, I don't know if I'm going to serve God. Yeah, but Scripture also says the way of the sinner is hard. And Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Don't you ever let the enemy intimidate you from serving God. I feel like in high school, there were demons assigned to me to keep me from serving. Because every time I would break forth in prayer and seek God, the enemy would try to intimidate me. I'd fight fear. I'd fight depression. I'd fight this and that. And don't you let the enemy lie to you and say, hey, it's just better when you don't press in too hard to God. Uh-uh. Don't you ever believe that lie. Because I know some of you have felt that lie. Don't raise your hand today, but I know that I know that I know. I know God has revealed it to me. I'm not the only one that's felt that before. He said, oh, wait, and it's a lie in your mind. Hey, it's, things seem a little better if I'm just kind of mediocre and kind of lukewarm, just don't really serve God. No, it says in Revelation that if we're lukewarm, Jesus doesn't want anything to do with us. He'll spit us out. Some of you like hot coffee, don't you? Who likes hot coffee? Amen, somebody. Who likes cold coffee? Some of you are like, man, I love cold coffee. Yeah, but who likes tepid coffee? It's not hot and it's not cold. Well, now, I'm one of the rare people. I'm like, if it's sweet, it's been in the vehicle a while, it's not hot or cold, I'll drink it, just get it down for the caffeine or whatever. I don't know. It's sweet enough. Just Most people are not that way. How about your food? Say, man, I like my enchiladas hot, right? You like them hot. Not necessarily picoso, but you like them steaming hot. You may like them. You may like them very picoso too, real spicy hot. Praise God, we're in Hobbs, New Mexico. But then some of you are like, I like my ice cream freezing cold, right? Do you want enchiladas that have been left out for a day 
and they're not really cold or hot? Or do you want ice cream that's just melting and it's not, it's not even cold anymore? It's just warm liquid now? No. Scripture says we are not like those that draw back to their own destruction, that pull back from God. No. No matter what's happening, no matter what's happened, this is how it should be, and we will always serve God through an act of our will. We will always serve God like Daniel did. He knew that serving God was going to take him to a dangerous place at some point. He knew it. He saw the law. Let, let's, let's go to this. Let's go to this. Look, my first point today about Daniel this is something that he did right. He prayed. He prayed all the time, number one. So you need to pray. You need to keep praying. Don't you ever stop praying. People say, man, prayer changes things. I'm going to tell you right now, prayer changes me. Prayer changes me. I know God hears my, my requests. I know it changes things. But, man, more importantly, it changes me. We've been in a season of travail and prayer this past month, my wife and I, just seeking God, fasting on and off, praying and different things. And I kept going, wow, I'm praying and God's doing things and he's answering prayers. But I kept going, my goodness, God is dealing with me. God is reminding me of areas in my life that I need to let go of and let him take care of. I need to ask forgiveness in certain areas. So prayer is powerful. It changes us. And no matter what happens, you don't stop praying. I've heard people say, oh, no, I don't stop praying. I'm asking God for all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but beyond asking God, are you talking to him? Are you worshiping him? The highest form of prayer is worship. Look at verse 10. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 6, um, verse 10. What does that say? Check this out. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, what did he do? He went home and did what he always did. Can you imagine with some of us? I don't know. Say, man, if you get caught praying, we're going to throw you in a den of lions. Some of you say, that wouldn't bother me. Okay, a pit of snakes. I, I, I don't know. I don't. What did he do? As, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Give thanks to your God every day. Pray no matter what. Pray no matter what. So number one is pray today. Pray. You've either been in a hard time or you're... You've just passed that and you're in a hard time right now or you're headed and you're going to go through a different season of change and sometimes we just go through trials. That's life. I remember mom used to say, I'm believing God. I'm going through something, but God's going to take me out. I'm going through something. Yeah, we, we often go through different things. And you cannot base it on your feelings. I'm going to tell you right now, feelings are, can be wonderful. When you're in love, they're wonderful. You're in love, man. I love the feelings I have for my wife. I just feel like they're beyond my control. I'm just in love with her. Those are wonderful feelings. Come here, baby. Let me just kiss you. I love you. Just let me hug you. I want to be near you. Those are wonderful feelings. And joy is wonderful and excitement. But what about if you feel depressed? What about if you feel, I feel this, I feel this. Yeah, feelings tend to, tend to be untruthful at, at a point there because it's not what God has said. God did not give you that feeling, depression. God did not give you that feeling of heaviness or anxiety or worry or fear or dread or whatever it is. And that has become very common now. It's sad, but it's true. And I'm going to tell you what. God has spoken today, and he's bringing you out of the cave. He's bringing you out. Keep praying. Keep praying because that cave, it's dark. You can't see. 
But when you struggle and you say, man, I've wandered into this cave. How did I get here? Don't start complaining. You pray and you praise God. Always seek God. Here's something else I like about Daniel. Number two, work. Work. Let's go to verse three and four. Check this out. Work. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Can you imagine? Then then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way what? In the way he worked. But you got to keep working. Got to keep working. A man of God said this. I believe it was the Wednesday night of the beginning of the conference. I believe it was Angel Madera. He said, did you notice that God always spoke to people while they were working? He always called them while they were working. Moses. He, he called him when he was, he was working with the sheep. And, and God always calls us when we're working. He called Joseph when he was working. He would have dreams and visions. And then his plan began to be carried out as Joseph worked. God began to call Jacob. Right? As he worked. They worked the fields and God began to work miracles and began to call him and speak to him. So you've got to work. Do what must be done and do your best. Let's go to Colossians 3.23 real quickly. Colossians 3.23. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Some people say, man, I hate this job. I hate this and that. Get another job. Is that powerful wisdom? That's deep, huh? Well, I, I can't get another job. Then shut up. Hush it up. But I'm just, my boss, hey, they're paying you a paycheck. Bless God. Bless God. Get up every day like you're going to get paid that day. You say, man, I don't get paid till Thursdays. It doesn't matter. Thursday's on its way. And then God will send you to a different job. Be faithful where you are. Be faithful where you're planted. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. And I believe this, this kind of diverges from the story a little bit. Daniel couldn't, couldn't really work while he was in that lion's den because it was a real lion's den. But many times we feel like we're in a cave and we're struggling in the dark and you're battling through and there's lions in there. you got to keep working, whatever that looks like. And that's different for everybody. You keep working. You keep seeking God. You keep administrating. You keep doing the things you got to do. Number three today, I like this one. Daniel did this before, during, and after he honored authority. Some of you say, well, you don't know about my authority. They're trying to get me. Oh, my goodness, I got a verse for you. Let's go to verse 22. Has your authority ever put you in a lion's den? Stand up and bow before this congregation. I need to know. Has your authority ever threatened to kill you? Cut a hand off. Maybe they did and they were kidding. I don't know. I don't know what kind of threats you've gone through. But I promise none of your authority has said, you know what? If you don't do what the law requires, what, what your job requires, I'm putting I'm, tonight, we're going to close you in a lion's den and they're going to eat you alive. Mm -mm. Look at what Daniel said. He said, my God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. For I've been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. I believe that statement means I didn't do wrong to wind up in here. I didn't wrong you by praying to my God. 
and I did not wrong you. I didn't curse you in my heart in here. And how hard would that be, right? Like, man, I thought they were my friend. They put me in this bad place. I can't believe it. They put me in here. How? No, he said, and I have not wronged you. Your majesty means I never have, and I did not, and I never will. I didn't curse you in my heart when I was in this lion's den. Honor authority. Show God real respect by honoring the authority he sets up. Say, well, he didn't set up my boss as authority. Oh, really? Go to Romans chapter 13. What does this say? Everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. You say, but no, they're wicked. No, Scripture says, also in the book of Daniel, that God put some of the worst people in authority. People you love to hate. People that you think are a spawn of Satan. You know, like the coach of the Patriots. I don't think he's a spawn of Satan, but I don't like him. But he might be. I'm just kidding. Just people, you look at them, you're like, golly, is that it? Like, they're hateful, they're this and that. That was to make you laugh, okay? But you're like, man, no, God did not. There's no way God did that. No, Scripture says, and I'm going to quote from the old, ancient, more ancient text. Daniel was prophesying earlier in the book, and he says, God puts the basest of men, the lowest and the trashiest of people sometimes to lead. He was talking to Nebuchadnezzar. He said, God puts some weird folks in place for his own purposes. He allows that to be. They're like, man, what? why? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Jen and I have a saying. I love it. Get ready. Get ready. Let's read that verse. Let's go to Romans 13.1 again. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Somebody say amen or ouch, right? So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Oh, man, I've had some bosses, and I didn't always do good with them. I didn't, I always did my best to honor authority. My parents taught me that well. But I've had some bosses that, wow, is all I gotta say. (laughs) Dirty mouths, cussing, disrespectful, cussing at me, saying crazy stuff. And it's been years and years ago, but man, you you look back and go, why were they there? God, God sets up and brings down authority. He does it. So you honor authority. You honor authority. You say, man, is that going to help me get out of this cave? That, uh, that, that could be one of the steps that takes you out of there. Because sometimes dishonoring authority puts you in a cave. Not in Daniel's case. Sometimes dishonoring authority. You heard about the doghouse, the proverbial doghouse? I'm in the doghouse with them. I don't know why. That's such a weird saying to me. I'm in, man, I'm in the doghouse. I'm in the doghouse. I guess you got kicked out of the house and put in the house with the dog. I can't get kicked out of our house. We don't have a dog house. 
But sometimes people are dishonoring authority, not praying, not working, and it takes them into the cave of depression. It takes them in. Not always. Sometimes, once again, once again, you've done things right, you've served God, and then you wind up in there. But either way, here's what you got to do. Look at point four today. Either way, this is what you got to do. You say, man, I found myself in this place. It's a dark and dangerous place. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out of here. Trust God. Trust God. One of the ways you trust God, I believe, is by honoring your spiritual authority and going to them for prayer. My wife and I have been through seasons, and we would just, when mom was alive, we'd do the same thing with mom. We'd go to death. Before the service today, I'm telling you, I was feeling, I was feeling like I was in a little bit of a cave this morning and yesterday. Don't know why. Can't explain it. I'm serving God. I'm living right. I'm not living a life of sin. Don't know why. But I said this morning, I said, Dad, would you, would you pray with me, man? I don't know what it is. I'm going through something here. I don't know what it is. And the humility of that act, did you know when you go to someone and say, man, would you pray with me? We do got to pray on our own. Somebody say amen. You got to have your own devotional and prayer life. You have to. You must. Scripture says praying all the time. But there's times you got to go, man, would you pray with me? There's nothing like getting your authority to pray with you. It's so simple and so humble. There's times my wife tells me that, and it's just so humbling. My wife will say, baby, man, I'm going through something. Would you pray with me? Yeah, right now. Right now. That's one of the ways we trust God. Let's go to Proverbs 3 5. Proverbs 3 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Wow. You ever tried to figure it out? Like, man, there's got to be a way out of this cave. If I can, I think I'm going to dig a hole out the back. I'm not going to really repent or seek God through this thing. I'm going to just get myself out of it. No, you can't do that. Now, you're seeking God. He may tell you, yeah, there's a trap door over there. You can get out of the cave. There's a way to get out. But sometimes you've got to wait the night. Sometimes you've got to wait out the dark night. But was Daniel alone is my question to you, people of God? No. He knew God's presence was there, but Daniel even said, he sent, my God sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. Do you think God prepares shoddy, shoddy tables, cruddy tables? Like, oh man, is there some KFC there from last week, and there's some churches, but they ran out of chicken. My cousin told me that one time. Went to churches, they ran out of chicken. So then we just got a roll there and some gravy. I don't know why that's so funny to me. I don't know why. He was, my cousin Rod went to church's chicken one time. He said they were out of chicken. <laughs> like going to McDonald's and say, sorry, we're out of hamburgers. He will prepare a table in the presence of your enemy. You say, man, I'm going through this. I'm going through this. Yeah, Psalm 65, 11 says, he crowns a year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard, hard pathways drip with abundance. God's hand is on you in the midst of the trial, and he's bringing you out. He's bringing you out. I prophesy to you today. Believe he'll take care of you. Believe he'll keep his word. Believe he is with you and in you. And you let God deal with the enemy. Revenge or running your mouth isn't your job, and God has had to deal with me about that. I'm not big on revenge, but I've always had a big mouth. I was like, man, that jerk, you know. 
Man, why do they, God, you know, what is going on? God says, let me deal with them. He said in his word, he said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Here's what we learn from the story of Daniel. You pray, you work, you honor authority, and you trust God no matter what. And I believe God is bringing you out of that cave this morning. Would you go ahead and stand to your feet today and close your eyes, bow your heads. I don't know exactly what God's going to do. There's, this is special, though. This is special, though. Right where you are, I need, to, I need to make this invitation first. Is there anybody in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I've never confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've never made him the Lord of my life. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you today first. And we're going to pray together. Anybody in this house? All right. We're going to make sure that you're right with God, number one, in the most basic of ways. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sin. Jesus, come to live within me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I believe you died and rose again for me. You are my Lord and Savior, and I believe I'm saved by faith in Jesus' name. I want everybody looking at me. This is a little different this morning. Go ahead and look at me this morning. You say, Pastor Matt, you don't know. I've been in that cave, and I, I haven't been able to get myself out. But I'm going to tell you, you can praise your way out. You can pray your way out. And God is going to get you out. He's getting you out. You say, man, I've been through it. I've been, I've been, I feel like I've been in the lion's den, Pastor Matt. Would you come to this altar facing me, and I'm going to pray for you this morning. Go ahead and come on up. You say, man, I feel like I have been in that cave. It's been rough. I felt lonely in there. It was dark. But God says, I've been with you. I was with you all along. Come on up. Come on up. Go ahead and stand right there. There you go. Come on up. There you go. God bless you, sweetheart. Come on up. Come on up. I know there's more of you. I'm not going to compel you in any way. God's just going to keep working. I know there's more of you. Come on up. You say, man, I have been in it. I felt. And you know the problem with the cave, too? You say, man, I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm stuck there. I don't know why. Do I deserve this? Do I... Let me tell you something today. This is for the, those at the altar and those in their seats. Whether or not you did anything that got you sent to the cave, that's, that's a moot point now. It doesn't matter now. You've repented. You're right with God. The tough thing is that you've been there and only God can get you out. And you are not condemned. Who can accuse us, Scripture says? Romans chapter 8, who can accuse us? Satan is the accuser of the brethren. You saw those, those guys in the story of Daniel, they're accusing him, accusing him. You did this, you did that. Oh, you're in the cave because you prayed. You're in the cave because you didn't pray. You're in this. Oh, you're in this problem because of this, what you did. You're in this problem because of what you didn't do. You know what? Let all that just go. Let the fire of God burn all that up. Let the fire of God burn all that up. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Would you go back to the, yes, perfect. Everybody at this altar, I want you to look at this. This is for you today. I feel by the spirit of God. Everybody at this altar, look at these screens. Look at them. You say, but you don't know my life. You don't know the mistakes I've made. 
Yeah, well, I don't accuse you today. I don't condemn you. And I never will. I will always speak the word to you in love. Did Jesus condemn the woman who was brought to him in adultery? He said, woman, where are your accusers? Accusers can't stand before Jesus. Accusers cannot stand before Jesus, people of God. They cannot stand before Jesus. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. God has made us right with himself. He's given us his righteousness. Everybody in the house, raise your hands today, right where you are. Raise your hands, and let's receive from God. Pastor Jen, you're going to pass through with some anointing oil here. In Jesus' name, every person that had the courage to come to this altar today, I'm going to break the spirit of heaviness over your life as well. Heaviness, is it can bring depression. It can bring hypersensitivity. It can bring all kinds of stuff. You say, man, maybe I've been there. You might just be exhausted too. Let God speak to you. You may need to rest and catch up on your rest and start, start eating better maybe, okay? But I know this. If there's a spirit of heaviness that's been oppressing you, we're going to cast it off this morning. In Jesus' name, I break the spirit of heaviness off these lives. In the name of Jesus right now. You spirit of heaviness, you go. You cannot stay here. You cannot stay here. I break the spirit of heaviness right now. I break the spirit of heaviness right now. I break the spirit of heaviness. I lose the oil of gladness and the garment of praise right now. The spirit of heaviness is broken over every person in this house, God. Every person in this house, the spirit of heaviness is broken. You say, what about my confidence? Oh, that's coming back. You don't worry. You don't worry. Your confidence is back, and you're going to have a Godfidence. You will have confidence in the God who created you. I break the spirit of heaviness off everyone up here. In Jesus' name, I break it. It goes now in Jesus' name. Spirit of heaviness, go. Everybody in the house say, spirit of heaviness, leave. Never come back. Say, I release the oil of gladness and the garment of praise. In Jesus' name, you are healed. You are healed deep down in your soul. And God is bringing you out of that cave. You're coming out of that cave today. You're seeing the light of day again. Just as sunny as it is today, that is what your spiritual life is. Scripture says, the path of the righteous is brighter and brighter and brighter leading unto the perfect day. And the perfect day will be heaven. But your path is brighter every day all the way to heaven, people of God. Everybody in the house, repeat this after me. Say, I am free because the sun has set me free. I know the truth, and it has set me free. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is my deliverer, my savior, my redeemer. He has bought me with a price. In Jesus' name.